Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschlin and Paige Kieschlin. Good morning, Paige. Good morning, Mom. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. So today we're talking about maladaptive daydreaming and the neurodiverse brain. What did you discover? Okay. Maladaptive daydreaming is a behavior where people, where a person spends an excessive amount of time daydreaming, often becoming immersed in that imagination. Right. So So like, like it feels real. It feels real. They don't like notice things around them or people talking to them. Yeah. Right. Um, and then um, I learned that it was identified in 2002 mm-hmm. by Professor, I'm going Eli to, Summer. Eli, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's from Israel. Oh, he, I'm sorry. He is he, an Israeli and professor and researcher. Um, and that the DSM thought, or no, that maladaptive daydreaming isn't, classified as anything in the dsm-5 right. so you can't have a legitimate yeah. but many experts still believe that the condition is re- obviously right that the just condition like, is real just like rsd isn't technically yeah. in the but people still definitely have rsd and maladaptive daydreaming yeah <laughs> yes i meant to do because when in, uh, in my research it kept pop tests self like online tests kept popping up. So I was like, I was going to be like, oh, I might as well just see if I, I guess to do this or not. But I, I forgot. So. I forgot to do it. I mean, I you're definitely distracted, but I don't think. You're I don't think it's that. Daydreaming. I daydream, but. But not everyone to the point that. that you don't notice that people are talking to you. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, a study found that. Maladaptive daydreaming was associated with uh, two other mental disorders. Like they're more likely to like have it. B have mal experience maladaptive daydreaming if you have ADHD or OCD. Mm-hmm. I also found stuff that said that it's pretty likely that people with autism are also have it. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of the world that we live in and how isolated and lonely they feel. Mm -hmm. So not really um, because of their condition, but because of the circumstances. Later in my things. In your notes. Yes. So um, what might some signs of maladaptive daydreaming look like i sectioned them into in adhd and in autism okay so So in adhd um consistent daydreaming so people with adhd already daydream Mm -hmm. it's kind of something we just do um but this daydreaming like everyone daydreams but when someone with ADHD daydreams, it's more like intensified. It's more an intense one because we're like daydreaming because we don't want to pay attention to something. 
Right. So we just, well, you're entertaining maybe, yourself. Yeah, we're entertaining ourselves. Um, so it's a, a way for the brain to self-regulate itself. Mm -hmm. um, in mal for maladaptive daydreaming, um, people with ADHD tend to hyperfocus while they're daydreaming. So they are, I guess, I would assume hyper-focusing on that daydream. Mm -hmm. If it's a specifically good one, maybe if it's a bad one, is there are good maladaptive daydreams and then there are bad ones? Of course, because people with ADHD tend to have a fairly negative brain bias. So right. that would make sense. Um, while they're intensively daydreaming, they may not hear you calling out their name until you're like right up in their face being like, yo, Jimmy, I need to talk to you. Um, it's harder to get there. And that, in, that obviously impacts your day-to-day -day function of life mm -hmm. and relationships and in work. Mm -hmm. Um, or academics. I also found stuff like this. Daydreams are so incredibly vivid that the stories have their own characters and settings and plots. I mean, when I daydream, sometimes that happens. It's like a whole story. Right. Um, they also um, rated the, their daydreaming so much and so intently that they can't finish day-to-day -day required yeah. tasks um they have difficulty sleeping at night because they're awake daydreaming i use i sometimes um, just use daydreaming to fall asleep right well to they're like unfocus my yeah well they're from the other things that i'm focused on they're doing the opposite interesting um, also, if they're like whispering or talking to themselves because they're so actively part of the daydream, oh, um, that they're length, extremely lengthy, right? So it can be many minutes, but it can also be like hours, hours, long, I don't think. hours of their day. Wow. Um, and they have this strong uh, like desire to like be left alone so that they can daydream that is comparable to like a drug addict seeking right. drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw pretty, that that's so pretty intense. That's intense. I then I thought I daydreamed often and that my daydreams were a problem. All right. So um, um what else did you find? And then I found that there are some benefits to daydreaming. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll talk about it later as well because I it kind of gets confusing, kind of. But um, daydreaming has benefits. It inspires creative ideas. So if you're daydreaming, like good. So like that's where some of my ideas always come in. I like daydream about something, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. So if it's like a good daydream and you're being creative and like productive about it, right? I then it's rather like use and I wouldn't like stop someone if they were doing it like and they were being productive and stuff in an article I read about autism in daydreaming they really mm -hmm. talk about how 
the so they don't call it this in the thing that I read they were referring to it as like the resting network of your brain oh yeah but it really sounded to me a lot like this concept of default mode network default mode network so there's we all have a default mode network and we have a task positive network so Mm -hmm. our society is very much in love with the default uh, with the task positive network because that's the like get your crap done kind of mode right so that's when you're like actively doing um things tasks that most people with ADHD or autism would consider boring um and the default mode is really where like creative ideas come from um, so they don't specifically call it this, but the way I was reading it, this really sounded to me like the default mode network is just like, so like um, what they found in the study they did was that in autistic people specifically, but I think this is definitely true for people with ADHD as well, because this is how I understand how the default mode networks works in people with ADHD, is that when when um what they call the resting network um is supposed to be off it's not completely switched off so Mm -hmm. i would really i'm just (laughs) going to use the terms i'm more comfortable with and that i know more about so the default mode network and the task positive network are supposed to work like a light switch right so when you're doing a task you're supposed to be like focused on that task right and the default mode network is completely off Right. And when you're doing something creative or something that would take more divergent thinking, mm-hmm. the task positive network is supposed to be off, right? But right. we really switch back and forth between those two things because how could you write like a story a or a paper or um, <clears throat> really anything? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they have found in people with ADHD and apparently according to this paper that I read, the default mode network in people who are neurodiverse never goes off completely it's always like running in the background well it sounds like it would be a good thing because i that way you could have both at the same time well i always think like it's creative like it's good to be creative right yes but if it's keeping you from doing Paying your taxes. Yeah. But that's not great. You can't creatively pay your taxes. No, don't. Don't don't pay your taxes. You need to do that correctly. (laughs) Or hire somebody to do that correctly. Um, Right. So so it does get in the way. But Mm -hmm. I also think that, you know, I have clients that will purposely put themselves into using their default mode network, especially so my clients that are more creative, like have creative jobs, right? So that'd be fun. Engineers, <laughs> um, musicians, mm-hmm. artists, mm-hmm. right? Um, right. So it seems like this creative part of the brain doesn't go off, which is gonna make it more likely that you slip into a daydream. Right. Naturally. That that's that's my understanding. Right. That I understand it like that. Okay. As you were explaining it, that makes sense. Okay. Um. So, and then it also the 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 articles that you sent that I read 
about ADHD also just like kind of down to like the task thing whatever that task brain function thing is positive network no 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 something else like how uh, I don't know what it's called but it's one of like the brain function things okay executive function skills oh, that's what it's called like the tag okay. one well, there's a bunch of tasks, right? So, like, initiating a task, being able to switch between Oh, tasks, well, I guess it kind of is, like, all of them, yeah. kind of. And that it, uh, it comes down to the brain's ability to snap you out of your dreamlike state because everybody daydreams, even the neurotypical people daydream. Um, it would be pretty boring without daydreams. It would be, actually. But unlike us... Or unlike people who have maladaptive daydreaming, probably more likely, they can snap themselves out of it when they know that they need to go over to a new task. Right. And someone with maladaptive daydream, I would assume it would be probably harder to do that. I know I usually like to stay in a daydream state if I'm because I'm daydreaming because I don't want to do something or something's like unpleasant. So right, you're looking the daydream for is better usually. Right, you don't want to stop doing something pleasurable yeah. in order to do something that um, that you think is going to be boring. So it was all about like moving from one task to another because some of the tips, or I guess I'll say it more when we get to the ta- hacks, but there were hacks about creating time like specific down like when you have downtime to create a specific like time period where okay this hour is where i can daydream right so then you have more more control of the maladaptiveness or lack thereof maladaptiveness i guess right um and then there was also the articles then also said that they're that they know some stuff, but they don't know everything about ADHD and maladaptive daydreaming. So there's still a lot of research that needs to be done about it. Right. And because they don't really know. I got the impression that they don't really know a whole lot about it. And that there hasn't been a new hot topic to research. Yeah. And that they don't really which made it kind of hard to research. Because okay. everything said, like, oh, we don't know much about this, but there's a link somewhere. Okay, now in autism, right? Um, there's a link between obsessive and repetitive behavior, which is something I guess autistic of autism and of maladaptive daydreaming because you're repeatedly and obsessively daydreaming, right? About something specific, probably. I don't know what you're daydreaming about. Um, I would imagine whatever their area of interest is, if they not, have that I mean, characteristic. Probably, I know. I don't daydream about sharks. Thank but, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, owning a shark would be cool. So I guess sometimes I do, but <laughs> it's expensive. It though. I would I've, imagine. I've looked it up. It's okay, ro- exp- oh, sorry. going down a rabbit hole. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> And that it's also accompanied by repetitive physical movements, so like stimming. Mm-hmm. I guess when you, I guess some people stim while they daydream. Sure, because sometimes that's an expression like, of 
rocking back and forth. Or, or so just an expression of like how excited they are about something. Or upsetting, but, maybe. Or, or, or upset. Any extreme emotion there, right? right? Sometimes they'll stay, um, right? So. There was the links that you had shown me or what most of these are from. So if you could link those. Because yes, that's where those. I got the studies. Um, the, there was a study that showed that there was a link between high levels of High levels of maladaptive daydreaming and autism, mm -hmm. and that there was, then that there had that there had been little examination between the link, but that they know that there is a link. They've determined that there's a link, but right. they don't know much about the link. This I'm saying it's the new hot topic yes, to research now. In 2020, this man, the Sumer dude, Eli Summer, Summer. Yes. And his colleagues mm -hmm. examined the link between through by recruiting over like 500 people participants and asking them to complete an autism test and or an autism traits yeah test yeah. and a maladaptive daydreaming scale and the result, results showed a clear link between the levels of maladaptive daydreaming and specific um, autism traits. Mm -hmm. mm. But then there's like, it was less close. So that made it like kind of clear that there was a link, but then they also had to contribute like other, there were other variables that made it then unless clear. Right, because like if you drew a Venn diagram of maladaptive daydreaming mm -hmm. and <clears throat> autism traits, there'd be a bunch there'd that so overlapped. Right, and right. So then you don't know if it's from the maladaptive yeah. daydreaming or from the autism. Itself. And plus, I feel like researching anything with autism must be hard because autism is so big. There's quite a spectrum, and like no, no one with autism is the same. Nobody, so wouldn't right. that make it impossible to study anything? Because everyone's different. Apparently not, because there's tons of research going on. I mean, but apparently not. But like that doesn't. Make but sense. yeah, well, and I think that nobody really knows what goes on in the brain of in, an autistic person. Well, or or anybody's. That's I mean, true. you only know about me when I'm willing to share with you. That's even true. if you're doing a study about me. That's true, right? <laughs> so, you could keep keeping things from me when I'm doing a study about you. Right. I mean, and so that would be true about anybody. Right. Um, in the same study that I just mentioned, there they also studied the levels of social isolation mm -hmm. and the difficulties with right, emotional regulation. Um, right. So I think a, some which, of it just comes out of like being lonely mm -hmm. or like which some um, people with autism just believe it's easier to like not hang out with people because people are such. Sometimes. so much trouble to figure out sometimes um but then the the thing also wanted to mention so i figured it was kind of important to mention here that emotional i don't know what they're in reference to though but right. emotional regulation was a common trait but well yeah wasn't well, a common dysregulation dysregulation sorry i wrote it down wrong. well no difficulty with emotional right. regulation was a common trait in autism, but it isn't exclusive to autism. So I guess no, I do. I do. ADHD have trouble regulating trouble doing it too. 
Um, and I'm sure other mental health disorders that we are not discussing because we're not. Yeah. So when people who are autistic feel isolated and experience this dysregulation of emotions, it may be causing a higher likelihood of them daydreaming right excessively right as a like defense mechanism or to deal with the loneliness or that makes complete sense and then they examine the way that autistic people daydream examining the way that people with autism daydream may be some insight into the cause of social challenge so that was the thing i was talking about before with the test positive network and the default Mm -hmm. mode network right theirs doesn't go off right but that study calls it the resting state yeah but other things i've read because i've read a lot about the test positive network and the default mode network um and they sound when described in that article it sounds exactly like that so i think they're just using a different term for the same thing i see okay outcomes yeah. Okay. So the, I found positive outcomes and negative outcomes, both of which kind of interlap because something that can be positive can also be negative, mm-hmm. like in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's trouble in relationships. It's hard to maintain a relationship if you're always daydreaming, I would assume. And I would imagine lots of different types of relationships, right? right. Not just romantic Not ones, just romantic. but like... But if your boss can't get you to, you know, focus, they're not going to like you very much. <laughs> um, low self-esteem, uh-huh. um, which might also be a cause. You have low self-esteem, self-esteem so, so you, yeah, right. But um, the more you do it, the less, right? Yeah. Um, it causes obviously it causes you to lose focus and forget important information. Mm-hmm. Um, it interferes with your productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be harmful. Um, can be harmful to your mental health if you're daydreaming about harming yourself or harming others. Because mm-hmm. I guess some people daydream about that. When I think of daydreaming, I think about pleasant things. So the idea of someone, does, so yeah. So that it is could just be very dark. It could be. I didn't think about that though that's all um so then it's useful for creativity mm-hmm. um it can be used as a stress relieving technique because maladaptive daydreaming is something that people with anxiety use mm-hmm. um and if you're neurodiverse you have some level of anxiety mm-hmm. um If you're going through like a- it's interesting i wonder because i have a bunch of clients who um use video games as a way of escaping the world Maybe. right and i wonder if they daydream about that those worlds right because they they do you know they're not just playing like you know kirby <laughs> definitely not playing mario any kind of mario game um but they're playing like games where none, eh, maybe some of them, but most of them are playing games where like you build a world, right? So they're like fun, like Minecraft. 
build world or kind of games, yes. And they're like the beaver game that Jack likes to play. Yeah, I don't know the name of that beaver game, but um, <laughs> right. So I wonder if they escape into that world or if there's a difference between like people who aren't into video games are more likely to do mal of that of daydreaming, but people who are into video games are more likely mm-hmm. to like overplay the video game. Mm-hmm. That should be a test. Someone should test that. <laughs> you can't run on that. Let me know what you can <laughs> Um so that if you're going through hard times that allowing your mind to wander and forget about reality the sometimes. Trouble. Yeah is healthy and that when after you're done like daydreaming and stuff it you can come back with a fresh mind and possibly like come up with like a solution or find something to make it like better Mm -hmm. um so daydreaming helps your mind relax and chill um it helps you manage conflict uh also known as organized daydreaming visualizing different several different scenarios Mm -hmm. can be helpful so you feel better prepared for different scenarios Mm -hmm. um it can help maintain relationships um daydreaming about spending time with a specific person makes you can make you feel like you're with them and just like remembering or daydreaming about either something that you did in the past with that person or something that you're looking forward to in the future with that person. Interesting. I guess it helps the bond. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, right, because you're firing neurons, mm-hmm. right? So neurons that fire together, wire together, right? So yeah. if you're daydreaming about being with a person mm-hmm. that you love or have a relationship with yeah even if you're not with them that would make those neurons fire together more often um and yeah i thought so and then it helps boost productivity because you can daydream about being or daydream about productive things right how to do something yeah and figure out the scenarios in advance yes that makes sense yes okay Hacks. Um, CBT therapy was one of them, or just mm-hmm. like therapy. Yep. Um, getting more and or higher quality sleep. Sleep is always king. Sleep is always. I'm key. a big fan of sleep. Sleep is good. Not just personally, like I talk about a lot in my coaching. Right. Sleep, is, sleep is a good thing. Sleep is key. Everybody should sleep. Yes. Um, journaling. I okay. guess if journaling helps you, you can journal. Um, if writing is a modality that you enjoy, yes, yes, then that would help. Um, practicing mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although I gotta think it's gotta be like a guided mindfulness, right? Because if you're doing your own, exactly. If you're doing your own, you're just gonna slip into a daydream. I'm sure you can if find it's so you're like addicted to it right so so there's lots, lots of, of apps that do guided meditations um use self-praise 
self-praising when maladaptive daydreaming is avoided. Oh, like, so, good job. Uh, good job. You didn't. Good I, job, Sheila. You didn't daydream at that moment when you could have. Yes. Okay. Um, I think people should thank themselves all the time now for yeah. doing things that help themselves be successful. So, um, Using coping statements, whatever that means. Um, so, like, so, just figuring out, like, how you're going to do something or use use a statement about like you know if you're upset about something you would use a statement of like you know I can handle this because I've prepared for it or I can right so instead of slipping into a daydream using a statement to reinforce mm -hmm. whatever you're feeling low self-esteem about um identifying specific triggers or stressors that make you maladaptive daydream identifying those and avoiding them right is good when possible when possible i mean like you know if school is that <laughs> then that's, it, that's yeah right so then you have to figure out what specifically about school is the trigger mm -hmm. and then trying to make your daydreams productive like into productive ones if mm -hmm. you're not already doing that. Um, and then search for online communities because talking to other people who experience the same things is always nice. Right. I also, um, in one of those articles that I'll attach, it also says trying to channel the that creativity that's going into the daydream in other ways. So, you know, writing a story or painting or creating music or whatever whatever creative endeavors you enjoy mm. um <clears throat> anything else i don't have anything cool all right say goodbye bye thank you for listening if you wanted to coach with me see my information at bigbangcoaching.net if you are interested in emailing us, you can reach us at thendtoolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to theneurodiversetoolbox.podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox. 